It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. You are joining me on a Sunday morning. I'm thankful for that. You don't have to do it, but you've done it. So I say thank you beginning of a whole new year 2024 so what are you going to accomplish in 2024 what are you looking forward to what are you making up your mind that you're going to accomplish what are you cutting out in 2024 i don't do the resolution thing i just try and be like djb always says i just try and be a good human sometimes i make it sometimes i don't so that's how i approach the the new year but however you approach it that's fine I love the beginning of a new year because I always have the most interesting guests and I always start the new year with guests that people always remember and they always talk to me about. Now, the other guests people remember and talk to me about, but I remember last year, the first guest of the new year, I got so much feedback from that show. I have a feeling it's going to be the same way today. We welcome to On the Line Clay Marquez. He is a warrior. He is the head of Guns Down, the Guns Down movement. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today, Cheryl? How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. That's good. Who do you have with you? I have Brother James Thomas and Brother James Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want to thank you all for being my first guest yes, in ma'am. 2024. Okay. So I was listening to you a couple of weeks ago. You were uh, talking on our morning show, and you were just talking about your movement and what you're trying to do out here in the community. So let's start with your background. Tell us as much or as little as you want about where you were born, what your family was like, and what it was like growing up. Um, I come out of the Norview section of Norfolk. Uh, when I was at the age of 13, we moved to Huntersville, and... Out Huntersville, that's where we grew up, and, uh, you know, I ran the streets out there. I went to Grammy High School. What does that mean when you say I ran the streets? I what ran does that the mean? streets. I'm going to get right to it. Meaning that um, I did what I pretty much wanted to do out there. You know, I dealt drugs. I hung in the street. I, you know, held, held, hung out with older people. You know, just done a lot of things that I wasn't supposed to do. Teach me why. Why did well, you do that? Well, I did it because it was kind of like the thing to do. You know, it kind of reminded me of that song, Street Life. You know, the, the, the streets are very intoxicating even at a young age, you know, the lure of it. And it's fascinating, you know, it was to me, you know, when I'm seeing older people, you know, in nice cars, a lot of money, you know, and I know that they, did, that they didn't have no jobs and they hung out at the pool halls. So that was something, I know, a life that I chose to go out there and pursue. So that was all right with your family? Well, mom didn't know. You know, we come from a single family. You also. believe that mom didn't know? No, well, I'm going to say she didn't because she had to work. A whole lot, like 10 hours a day. Okay. And we come from a single family household. She had to raise four of us, you know. And like I tell a lot of people out there, sometimes they say, I know it does start in the household, but I always used to tell my mother all the time that there's nothing that you've done that persuaded me to do anything that I did. I chose my own path, you know. So but while she was at work, I chose to be, you know, to hang out and do what I wanted to do out there in the streets. So when you were choosing that, what age were you? I was about 15 years old. So when you're 15 and you're choosing that, does your brain say, I can choose this way or I can choose this way, but there are consequences? Or does your brain just say, oh, they got a nice car, so I'm going to do what they're going to do because they got a nice car? Or at 15, are we thinking that could get me in a lot of trouble? Yeah, 15, you're not thinking about consequences because 
we never think we're going to get caught until you do get caught. Okay. You know, okay. so mm-hmm. you go out there and you do what you're going to do, you know, because nobody thinks that you're going to get arrested. You know, and then I, I, I found out that I was pretty good at doing what I was doing. Okay. What, what made you good? What made me good was I didn't get caught. Not and, getting caught makes right, you good. Right, and I made a lot of money doing it, while doing it. Okay. So what do you do with this money? I put it up. At 15? At 15 and 16 years old, yes. But if your mom is working 10 hours, you, do you say, Mom, I have something to help you out? Or you, you yeah, can't say that because then mom will know. Right, she would know, but I, I, I kind of did it discreetly. You know, I would because I always did work too. I cut grass. You know, I help people out in the streets and stuff like that. So I had mm-hmm. my own hustle as well, mm-hmm. um, legitimately. And I would work. You know, I, I never had a problem with working. So I always had a side hustle or something that would um, account for the monies that I was bringing in. So when you're teaching me that you always worked, you did the hustling because the pay was better than the other work. Exactly. Do I have it right? The pay was definitely much better. Okay. That's why you did. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So when you would offer your mom money, would she take it? Yes. And how about your siblings? Yes. Okay. And how'd that make you feel? It made me feel good because I felt like I was contributing. You know, I used to see my mother come home late at night, you know, suffering and, you know, it was hard, you know, being a single mother. So I take my hat off to a lot of single mothers out here that's doing what they got to do to take care of their family and their kids. And she did the best that she could. So by me cutting a few corners, I, I didn't think nothing was wrong with it. Okay. And then at the same time, I really didn't have anybody out there to show me a pathway like, like look, young man, straighten out. You know, what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. You there know? was so, no family or friends or anybody, right? Yeah, because I was always, see, I wasn't, you wouldn't even have known that the kind of money that I was dealing with because I was always a low-key kind of person. I never flashed it, so you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. Only those that knew knew. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you graduated? No, I didn't. You didn't? Okay. No, I didn't. I um, I actually dropped out of school in the 10th grade, and then when I went to prison, I wound up getting my GED. But but what made you decide to drop out? Well, um, I got expelled. Okay. So you said, I "I have enough of that. I don't need this anyway. Right. Okay. I got you. And then um, I was making enough money that I felt that I didn't even really need to go back to school. I got you. You know, Mm -hmm. just the lure of the street life. you You know, I took it on full time. See, I ask all these questions because I want to understand and because there are people in this world that think that people that make choices that aren't the best, oh, they just didn't have to make that choice. They don't understand or they're not trying to understand everything that went into it. They just want to say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Right. Right. And that doesn't teach anybody anything, you know. Exactly. Okay. So so you got so you went to prison. How long did you have to go to prison? Uh, I did 10 years in prison. What is know? that like? I am, I am, if any of y'all, if they ever say Cheryl did so-and-so-and-so, and so, y'all all stand up and say that is a tale because I am petrified of prison. Okay. Right, right, right. So right. how was it for you? I mean, it was real. Um, the experiences was, was real. You know, you had to, when you, once you went in there, you had to become a man. You know, you, you know, had to go to the shower. But what does that mean? When you I say had that, to become when, a man. When, when I say be a man, I mean like minding your business. Because sometimes on the streets when we out here, we in everybody's business. You know, we're trying to do too much. But when you in there, you know, you just better get in your own little corner or silo and just be a man. When I say that, you had, sometimes you had to go to the shower with your boots on. You know, because if you showed any kind of weakness or something, you know, people would take advantage of you. You okay. know, and people's lives was taken in there. You know, everybody that, that went in didn't come back home. Did you, you know? make 
friends? I don't know if you call them friends. Did you make friends in there? Yeah, yeah. And okay. I knew, I, well, I actually had a lot of ties because I knew a lot of people from the street as well. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So when you went in, you knew a lot of people that were in there. I knew a lot of people that was in there. Okay, so you did the full 10 years? Yeah. Did you yeah. think you had to do the full 10 years? No, I didn't. Um, you know, did you have a lawyer? Time, yes, I did. Billy Robinson. Um, I think part of the school is named after him. Mm -hmm. um, Technology building. Right. See, mm -hmm. but I had a mandatory sentence. You know, like the oh. time I see, I was in the federal system, and they go off of guidelines. And it was I was a first-time offender. You know, a lot of times, like during the time that I went in, people was getting life sentences. They was first-time offenders. And they don't understand the, um, the federal guidelines. A lot, a lot of times the judges will tell you right in the sentencing room that they hands are tied. There's nothing that they could do. They don't want to give you this much time, but... It's in the books. It's a guideline. You know, so first-time offenders getting life sentences, you know, it was kind of ridiculous, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, I was sentenced to that. So the 10 years, you had to do the full 10 years. What What did you do the first day you got out? What did you do? Well, first thing that I did when I got out was I just went and got with my family, you know, and spent time with them. You know, I had <clears throat> missed time out of my son's life, you know, because they grew up right in front of you, you know, so fast. And. I was grateful for my sister. and. Did they come see you? Did your son come see you? Yes, okay. they did. Yes, they did. Yeah, family. Is that came. a good thing for the child to go to see somebody? I believe bars? it is. I, okay. I, um, to me, I believe it is because you're keeping that bond and that connection. Some people don't want um, their children to come see them in there, but I did. Okay. You know, and see, the federal system is designed to break families up because in the federal system, they have penitentiaries in South Dakota. Uh Connecticut. I mean, it's all over the states, all over the country. You know what I mean? And you are a thousand miles away. Your family can't come see you. Correct. You know, and then it costs so much Those money. Those doggone phone. Right. The phone is conspiracies. so much. Exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. If you put, if you send somebody some money, it might be $3.50 a call. But if you call home collect, it might be $8 per call. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a, like a taxing on the on the family, you know, to try to do that and pay the bills and take care of the mortgage at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's, it's pretty rough. So you got home, and what did you decide? Did you make plans before you got out about what you were going to do when you got out, or did you were you just focused on getting out and I'll figure it out when I no, when I was I'm um <clears throat> I was bettering myself the whole time when I was in there because I learned a saying when I was in there. It said two men looked through the bars, one saw mud, the other saw stars. So the one that saw the mud was the one that was getting in trouble that wasn't trying to better themselves and was just running the time up. And the one that saw the stars was the ones that went to school, got a GED like I did, took a, uh, several college classes, and just tried to become a better person. Mm -hmm. You know, So I chose to take that path. So um, I was just preparing myself because I knew that um, I had to get into something different, You know, that I wanted to change my life. What are you doing now? Uh, right now, you know, we have the organization Guns Down, where I run an um, auto mechanic shop, and I'm in the construction. And You're into all of that? Yes, yes, because I knew that I, I was a person that liked the money, you know what I mean? So <laughs> right, so you're going to get it, right. I had right. to change what mm -hmm. I had to, to know. You know, I had to get a new skill set. Mm -hmm. So my mother would always mail me um, a lot of information for NRHA, you know, dealing with houses and property and stuff like that. And she did it very diligently, you know, so, you know, I was so grateful for that. She meant that. Yeah. She was going to pour yeah. that into you. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. So I had to make better choices in life, mm -hmm. you know. So I decided um, that, you know, I wanted to do better. You know, by me um, coming from the streets and and a lot of people knew me and looked up to me, I felt that it was something that I could contribute, you know, something positive that a lot of the young guys, you know, that could respect. Because as I know, they're not going to listen to know anybody. Can't know anybody tell them something, you know. I believe that. Yeah, because I can't. But, but 
Will they listen to anybody if they know? So if anybody doesn't have a background that, you know, they would say, oh, you've been through something, Mm -hmm. but they know that anybody genuinely cares about them, will they listen to that person? They will. I I believe they will. And I'm not going to say that they won't listen. But one thing I do know is that um, we call it, in the line of work that I'm doing in CBI work, it's called um, a LTO, which is a license to operate, which is credibility on the street. And, you know, it's like, it's like I'm like gold, like shining to them so they can see the bling, you know, so mm-hmm. it attracts them. Mm-hmm. So when they see like, well, okay, oh, my OG, you know, he changed his life. You know, he doing something positive or different. Let me listen to what he had to say. I'm not ready to do that right now, but I'm going to hear what he has to say. And that's what a lot of the young guys out here doing now you know they saying okay i'm not ready but i respect what you're doing and you know just invite us out but if you keep working on something long enough sooner or later you may be able to chip it away that is so interesting to me if you're just joining us clay marquez he's the um, head of guns down movement he's a warrior yes, and ma'am. so we're talking to him today about life and my main goal with this show is to get people to understand that just because you come from this rosy background where everything was wonderful and everybody doesn't grow up that way. And because everybody doesn't grow up that way, people make different choices, especially when they are children. Exactly. You know, it's not just, oh, one day they just decide to go rob a store. It's not like that. It's been built up Mm -hmm. in the past to, Mm -hmm. to get to that point. Am I right? If I'm wrong, you stop me because you... You know whether I'm saying it right or wrong. Yeah, you're right. And and at the same time, sure, I look at the <clears throat> the news now, and I was just reading something how Puffy's sons, right? You know, these are people that that made it out of the community. You know, they made it from the hood, so to speak. His son uh, want to throw up gang signs. Boosie's son want to sell drugs. Ti's son saying that he's standing on his business. Michael Irvin, but they don't right. Michael Irvin's son, mm-hmm. but they don't have to do these things, right? But it's just the lure and the attraction that they feel like. Uh, they they want street credibility, you know, in which they don't understand that we're trying to make it out. You know what I'm saying? You already have everything that you need. The only thing you got to do is go live your life and try to pull others up, you know, uh, by the bootstrap. Not the other way around. You know, that this life is nothing that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. And they don't really understand it until somebody gets killed, shot, or somebody get incarcerated for you to realize that this life is nothing that you want to be a part of. Tell us about Guns Down. Tell us about the signs around town. What's going on with that? Well, um, approximately four years ago, we started putting up um, the street signs on, like, they're big major signs. They're, like, four-by-eight signs throughout the city. And it would just say, stop the violence, guns down, the life you save may be your own. And it was just something to put on the minds of, you know, the people. Like, you may be at an intersection, you may see it. Like, sometimes you may be riding down the street. You may don't be that hungry, but when you see that McDonald's sign, you want something to eat. Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. was thinking that, you know, somebody may be contemplating going to go get vengeance against somebody or go shoot somebody. And they may read this and have a change of heart, you know, and a change of mind. And we do know uh, me and the Jameses and um, our sister Yolanda Stoner, we know, you know, she's a part of the organization as well. Uh, we do know that signs by themselves are not going to stop violence. That once the signs are up, we got to come behind the signs and, and get momentum behind it, you know, and just, you know, we got to have workshops. You know, we got to go out and talk to the youth. We got to have roundtables. You know, we got to have discussions. We got to have, uh, Youth circles, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we are out here now, you know, we're trying to help out with the feeding and stuff like that. There's food insecurities in our community, you know, and 
one thing I know is that wherever there's crime, there's poverty. You know, there's unemployment. Like, this just just didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this has been in the making for over years, you Okay, know? all right. So why are you all involved with the program? Well, I've been in Virginia, March will be 15 years. Uh, I've been out here doing this well over a decade since 2012. Why? Uh, when I first got here, like, it's something I ain't never seen before. When I was, I'm from a small town. Of course, we don't have this much violence in a small town. So I was like, man, this is crazy. I started. It is. <laughs> it, was, it was a dramatic change because I. I'd never seen nothing like this in my life. So you saw it and you said, well, I can I can do something. I can help do something about it. Yes, ma'am. I got it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. How about you, sir? Um, I started because um, I got two cousins got killed. I got friends getting killed. Um, and I was so tired of people getting killed. And um, so I said, it's time to get involved and, and, and trying to save our, our, our kids and stuff. So that's why I joined Guns Down and stuff. So. All right. Well, thank you. So if there are people listening, how can they, before we run out of time, because I got a zillion questions, how can they contact you or what can they do? Um, the is Guns Down Movement Inc. at gmail.com. Guns Down Movement Inc. at gmail.com. <clears throat> and I also give out my personal cell phone number, you know, because I'm accessible 24 hours. Uh, that's 757 Again, that's 757-738-8792. So I have questions for you. What do you say to the young men that are out here uh, having babies but don't want to acknowledge them because they see the Nick Cannons of the world, and they're like, he ain't taking care of his. Well, they say he is, but it gets me upset because if you have 12 kids and they're all over in different cities and all— and this one has a soccer practice tonight, and this one has a piano recital tomorrow. You can't be everywhere all 12 kids want you to be at one time. So don't tell me, Nick Cannon, that you're taking care of your kids because I won't buy it. Okay. So what do you say to the young brothers that don't want to take care of their kids or don't understand the importance? Well, I would tell them, you know, coming from a, a family like that myself and my mother raising all of us, you know, I understand that clear, very clearly. And I just say to these young men that, you know, you can barely take care of yourselves, you know, and mm-hmm. children cost. I mean, even even a, a puppy, you know, my puppy is, is very expensive, you know, and if you if you don't have a job, you know, you don't even have transportation, you don't have a means of livelihood, you know, don't go out there just to be, you know, having children, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. with no aim or purpose. And I would say to the ones that does have, that do have the children, to, you know, accept your responsibility, you know, be a man, you know, and that's what it's all about, you know, taking care of your children because, you know, our children are being led astray. You know, my one fear was when I was in prison was, you know, somebody getting in the ear of my son and leading him Ooh. in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's happening. Did that happen? Life. No, it didn't. Okay, good. But it good. is happening out here, you know, and, and I feel and I bear some responsibility and guilt with a lot of these young guys because when we left the streets to go to the penitentiary, we left them with wolves, you know, that's, that's, that's giving them misinformation, wrong information, tell them left is right and right is left, you know, instead of telling them the truth. And... We want to come back out here and just straighten it out and let these young guys know, you know, that what they are facing, you know what I mean? It ain't all about it because you got to wait now. You know, if you go, you know, one thing about the streets and the, and the drug game and stuff like that, a lot of these shootings and stuff, sometimes, you know, we, we bring them on ourselves. Like, if you go get drugs from somebody, right, 
and you know there's a, a debt to be paid back, and you taking this man's drugs, you know, there's consequences behind it. If you go break in somebody's house and they find out that you did it, it's consequences behind it. So a lot of these things, you know, we can we can stop ourselves, you know, and we just go and do what we got to do and just stand up and be men. But I know that a lot of these young guys don't understand it because I didn't understand it. Okay. You know, so we just need to try to get them in a room and get them at a table and just talk talk it out like men, you know, about life, you know, life skills, social skills, you know, and things like that. You know, that is what is missing in our community. And I would think that you would get them in a room and talk to them, and I would hope that the mothers would respect you all taking them in the room, talking to them. And when you come out of the room, not ask them, what did you all talk about? What did they say? Whatever. Let you all do what you do. Exactly. And women. Exactly. Exactly. Go take care of the young girls that are having the babies. Exactly. <laughs> go, go take care of them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, makes and, sense. And um, 14 years ago, I lost my son to violence, Monte Branch. It's still unsolved. And, you know, as, as well as, and that's why we are. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, but, stop. Unsolved. Yes. Do the streets know and the police know, but they can't know. prove it? No, nah, don't nobody know because okay, okay. I would have, and me being entrenched in the streets, I would have heard something. I have not heard anything. So I don't know if the perpetrators are gone or what the case may be, but we haven't heard anything as of yet thus far, you know, but it's still an open case. And the worst thing is I know what these mothers go through. That's why we, um, we, we, we started the holiday ceasefire, you know, because this time of the year, you know, like after – Halloween from uh, November all the way to January. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the worst time of the year for families, you know, to lose someone. You don't want to lose no one, period, anyway. But I'm saying I know that holiday time is, is closeness and stuff, and I spoke to mothers during this time, and they didn't even want to cook Thanksgiving. You know, they just don't have that feel good anymore. You know, and mm-hmm. they just want to just go bury themselves somewhere, you know, because they don't have their loved one with them. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to try to get in between that, you know, to try to do what we can to do our part to try to save a few lives out here. So you're having the town halls and you're round, having the roundtable yes, discussions ma'am. and all of that? Yes, ma'am. And did you say people could follow you? Do you have Facebook? Did yes. You? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. And yeah. and tell people how they can follow you again on, on Facebook. Is it Guns Down Movement? Uh, so was it Stop the Violence, Guns Down? Uh, guns Down, Stop the Violence. Yeah, Guns Down. Guns Down, down Violence. violence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's important. People may want to know. Yeah. And I have my own in, individual page, which is under Clay Marquez as well. Okay. And I got, and I got one uh, James Thomas. Okay. James Washington on yes. Facebook. Okay. All right. All right. So you all are really busy in the community. What is the reaction you get from the community? First what of all, from the young boys that y'all trying to put some uh, wisdom into. What do they say? Well, the young men are warming up. Um, I done had a few that told me, uh, I ain't trying to hear that what you're talking about. I personally have had like uh, eight guns turned over to me. They'll just I bring t- them to you? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I put out the call and they bought them. And I turned them over to the Norfolk Police Department. They came and picked them up. Um, one wanted to change his life. He wanted to get a job at the shipyard. One went to Job Corps. You know, and um, one just wanted to get out of their life, you know, because they understand the, the, the way they see the sincereness, you know, because they are watching you. And a lot of these guys, a lot of my older ones, you know, they, they know my walk. They know my past and they know what I used to be into. And when they see the change, you know, they applaud it and then they, they, they support us. And they say, look, I'm not there yet, but I'm going to stop the violence. You know, I'm, and, and I'm going to say right over in Huntersville, as B can um, speak to this, a year ago, a year and a half ago, Huntersville was designated as one of the, the, the most homicidal uh, neighborhoods 
in uh, around here in the city. It's been that way for a minute because right. I remember I had a friend and he would clean carpets and he right. had to clean a carpet over there one day and I had some vitamins he wanted. Right. And he would not let me go over there to give him the vitamins where he was working because he said it was too dangerous. Correct. Correct. And as now, and as of now, um, there hasn't been a shooting over there, a gunshot fired over there in over 11 months. You know, we've been over there working in communities. Do you and, work with the Norfolk police? Yes. They know your name. Yes. Yes. You know, we, we um we, you know, because you have to work together. And the community know that we are not the police. You know, we are we are our own organization, you know, so there has to be a trust factor. Mm-hmm. But we have to collaborate. And um, so we go through there, and it's not just us. You know, the Civic League is doing a great work out in the community. You know, new um, houses are being built out there. Our Huntersville, as we okay. speak. You know, so, it, you know, the development is great out there. So it's becoming a new um, community. And I went out there. I, t- I know a lot of the OGs that's out there. And, um, you know, because we come up together. And I just told them that, you know, s- stop the shooting. You know, stop the killing. You know, and you know because they was going back and forth doing drive-bys and so forth. And, you know, innocent people was getting shot. You know, so we would like to think that, you know, we were part of, you know, trying to help stop that violence that was being perpetrated out there. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me. Yes. So I I did an interview last year with NASA. I went over to NASA. And, you know, these people have two and three PhDs. And I tell this story often. That I'm feeling like, Cheryl, you just ask people questions for a living. And yes. these people are putting people on the moon and space. And I'm like, Cheryl, you know. Yes. So when I talk to you, I get that same feeling because you just like go out here and stop craziness and help young people and change their lives. And it could just be one and it would be magnificent. But it's right. lives. Right. So I'm sitting here feeling like Cheryl, and you just ask questions for a living, you know. So my hat goes off to you. But thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I don't like, I always say all the time, I don't have, you know, just a GED, but my PhD is in the streets. I don't think you should say just a GED. Well, well, well. I don't I like that, that. I'm not minimizing You say J-E, I have a GED. Okay. Because yes, okay. you did the work. Okay, yes, ma'am. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It yeah. Does. It does, and I thank you for that. Like, people say, I'm just the janitor. Right. Okay, a building cannot be clean by the government standards. Correct, correct. It can't be open if it's correct. dirty. Correct, right. yeah. correct. Yeah, right. so I, yeah, I don't, exactly yeah, right. we're not doing that anymore. Okay, okay so we're running out of time here, okay. but you all have been totally uh, great guests for my new guests for thank 2024. You. I just don't know yes, well, we thank you for having us. how thank to say you, thank, thank you. you. This has been good because I just hope it open some people's minds and they understand everything isn't so cut and dry and there are reasons why people do the things they do and if they don't have help and support you know they might get into something that you don't get into but you've got help and you've got support exactly you know we have to bring the village back yeah yeah and we got to teach our young ladies you know to not just be baby carriers you know right we got to teach them all right so do you all have any events coming up that you want to talk about in 2024 or you want to just give out your information and yeah, where people uh, well, can find you? Um, we have something that's, that's coming, but I can't put the cart in front of the horse okay. right now because the city has to make their announcement. Then, okay. you know, if we are um, able to maybe come back again, we could okay. explain exactly gotcha. what that is. And, okay. um, and But I know that we're going to roll holiday ceasefire until ceasefire don't stop and, you know, until the Mother's Day ceasefire and so forth. So we're just going to keep pushing the narrative. Okay. 
So once again, Clay Marquez, uh, he's a warrior, Guns Down Movement. You can find him on Facebook, Guns Down Violence. Did Stop I get that right? Violence. Stop okay. the violence. Yeah. Stop the violence. Okay. All right. And the phone number you wanted to give out? 757-738-8792. All right. You all my best friends for today. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so lucky. You all, thank you for listening to the show today. I thank you so much for always being the best audience in Hampton Roads. And we always end it with Behold the Green and Gold. Take care. <laughs>